0: and welcome to this week's episode of The Preacher and the Atheist. Uh, my name is Ben, the eponymous atheist, and with me as always is Gene, the eponymous preacher. How you doing, Gene?
1: I'm great, Ben.
0: Uh, you ready to kind of dig into this very, very uplifting <laughs> message this week? Got some tough readings this week. This was a little rough, so we're looking you know. at the readings for uh, October 5th, uh, sorry, October 6th, uh, the old 10 which I sometimes think of as Mad Hatter Day because that was the... Fraction that was in the Mad Hatter's cap in Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Um, just a dumb thing I associate again. My my brain works in strange ways sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it is not a very happy time to start off. Uh, let's just let's just put it mildly. Uh, so our first reading is Lamentations uh, chapter one, right at the beginning, mm-hmm. one through six, uh, verses one through six, and basically we're in the aftermath of the destruction of Jerusalem, and this is the
1: second destruction of Jerusalem in the Bible. Mm, this, is, this is referring to the first one. This is the first one, um, okay. Yeah, this is, um, and to contextualize this a little bit, Ben, um, remember we've been talking in our readings uh, in the previous few weeks. You know, we've had readings from Jeremiah, we've had readings from Isaiah, we've had readings from Amos, and they've all been of a theme, which is that the Israelites, and by Israelites, I mean, uh, we, we need to be just a little bit careful here. We know that, that this period in history Um, the kingdom that was established by David has split into two. There's the northern kingdom that calls itself Israel, there's the southern kingdom that calls itself Judah. So when I talk about Israelites, I'm going to talk about, I'm talking about everybody. Are there Hebrew people? We could use use that term too, but that's kind of an old-fashioned term uh, referring to an earlier period in their history. But um, the prophets have been telling their people, you guys have gone off the rails. And you're getting closer and closer to disaster. Uh, if you remember last week, Amos when he talked about those who were at ease in Samaria, uh, lying on their beds of ivory and their couches and so forth, he said at the end of that passage they were going to be the first ones carried off into exile. So we, you know the, we've had the prophets for several weeks now, warning the people that this was going to happen,
0: and they were literally probably carried off into exile because it was a group of uh, it was a it was a. A competitive tribe, or like another tribe, like what was it? The, the, the Babylonians. The Babylonians came yeah, in and like yeah. ransacked the city and yeah, really, carried,
1: yeah. trashed the place, completely trashed the place. Um, now, uh, again, sorry, a little more history here. Um, Don't in, in the year 722 uh, BCE, the Assyrians uh, had come over from essentially the northern part of where the Babylonians are going to come over from, which is what is today modern Iraq and Iran, Mesopotamia, as it's commonly called. Um, the area between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. And um, they were the reigning power, and so they uh, attacked and destroyed the northern kingdom that called itself Israel. That was in 722. And now, about 150 years later, in 587, 586 BCE, the Babylonians have taken over the Assyrians, so they're the top dogs now, but in the same part of the world, which is the east to the east of um, Jerusalem. Judah is the, is the southern kingdom, and Jerusalem is its capital. And the problem, and the prophets all talk about this, one of the problems, there are several problems, Ben. You know, these, <laughs> these things are always complex. You know, we're talking about countries here. Um, one of the problems is that uh, Israel and Judah in an attempt to become players on the world stage, have begun making various kinds of political alliances. Now Solomon started doing this, uh, you know, second king or third king of of Israel. Um, So this goes way back in Israel's history. And the prophets always denounced this. They always said that Israel, which said it was God's people, was acting like it was its own people. And so they were making these various alliances with Egypt or with the Assyrians or with the Arameans or with the Hittites or whoever it happened to be, thinking that that was going to be their security. You know, if they'd make the right allowance, they'd be or alliance. I'm sorry, they'd be they'd be protected. You know, you know, basically make the bully your friend is is the the, way, the game they were playing.
0: But the prophets essentially were saying, yeah, you don't need to. Do it, you just have to have faith. Well,
1: you have to have, yeah, absolutely. Or you have to
0: listen to 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 your forebears. Exactly, uh, that's right. The the kind
1: of faith that you've got to have has form to it, it has structure. I mean, there's content to that faith. Now, let's let you and I get lost. We can come back to this later, But what we mean by faith, because it's going to come out in Luke reading, you know, know, big time. But uh, the content of that faith, and there's lots of it, um, talks about justice. It talks about uh, a righteous, um, living your life righteously. It talks about the way to put society together so that you don't wind up with a few people having a lot of the wealth and a lot of people just barely getting by, which is the, the society that was increasingly um, forming. And by the way, the, the prophetic denunciation of that kind of highly stratified, um society with a uh, gross uh, maldistribution of wealth that was condemned from the very beginning of the monarchy the israelites had gone to samuel the prophet samuel and asked for a king asked him to anoint a king and god appeared to samuel and said this is a really bad idea Here's what your king, is tell the Israelites, here's what your king is going to do. And there's this whole long list about what the king is going to do. And basically, it's what all kings do. They say, all right, you know, you give me so much of your field because we got to run the palace. And you give me so much of your, um, you know, I need your, your, your kids to come and work for me. And we got to have some, uh, some people in the army. So we need to conscript some of those folks. And God said, this is going to be really bad for your society. But these people are hell-bent, literally hell-bent, on having a king for themselves, so give them a king. I mean, it's one of the most chilling passages in the entire Hebrew Bible, in this passage in Samuel, where God says, if they are determined to, to um, really start putting these human layers between me and them, I can't stop them. I can only, I won't stop them. But your job as the prophet is to warn them of the consequences. And that's what we see then for the entire prophetic tradition.
0: This is really interesting to me Mm. uh, because as you're saying, like if it it says specifically, do not put a man between God and the people, Mm -hmm. then what the hell was all that like British monarchy where the, where the individual King was actually deigned by God to be the ruler or like, or or even in the evangelical modern tradition where, oh, that man is in power because God put him there.
1: Yeah. Um, There's a difference between being uh, an intermediary and being the ruler. And when a, a king, for example, Samuel, as I said earlier, the prophet was supposed to anoint the king. The prophet was acting as the intermediary and he was the one who was supposed to designate king through this anointing ceremony um so it wasn't but god remained the ruler god was the one giving the orders god told the prophet to do this and then god the kings were all supposed to be uh, following this um well this theocratic framework that had been set up by moses uh in the in the wilderness that's what you know we find in exodus and deuteronomy and all those all those Passages in the Bible where people get kind of their eyes glaze over, and you get all the do's and don'ts, and you know, what you can eat and what you can't eat, and words. People tend to pick and choose, like exactly, you you know, know. and and Leviticus and all that kind of stuff, you know, which is, you know, uh, Leviticus means the priest's handbook, so we're not entirely sure that That ordinary Israelites were supposed to be paying much attention to it anyway, right? Exactly, but (laughs) so 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 you've got this structure, and the kings were supposed to be um ruling in accordance with that divinely mandated structure. And they decided they were going to go on their own way and they were going to start playing power politics, geopolitics. And that's what the prophets, it's one of the things that the prophets consistently condemned, consistently condemned it. Were these foreign alliances?
0: Which I find kind of uh, again, I, I find it all kind of funny because the entire book of Lamentations is basically we done messed up, we're real sad about it.
1: And, and what are you going to do in that situation? Right, I mean it's, that, it's that, all grief. It, it's it, all poetry.
0: It it's all it is. Yeah, uh, and it, it's all these uh, these these images where you know there, there's parts of Lamentations where things have got so bad because we done messed up so much that like literally there's two verses that talk about. Uh, mothers eating, literally eating their children. Yeah. Now, that's what it says. Who knows if that actually happened? You know, yeah. that's yeah. you know, or it, how it, often it, it happened. It, it could you know, be it artisti- been an
1: isolated case or something. Yeah,
0: right. But it, you know, it's an artistic license to or really emphasize how, how bad,
1: bad it got.
0: It got. Yeah, and and why it got so bad is because nobody listened to the prophets.
1: Right, and and there comes a point, and you know, one of the things about the Bible, uh, particularly the Hebrew Bible, is that because because the New Testament is written in such a uh, compressed time period compared to the, the Old Testament, Christian Old Testament, um, is the, the view of history as a really, really long view of history. And so what that means is that when you get to a point in history like, um, such as Lamentations Reflects, there isn't a whole lot in there that's saying, and if we get ourselves sorted out, we're going to be great again. That's not what you see in Lamentations. What you see in Lamentations is what we would say is just living with the pain. There really isn't a whole lot you can do right now because it is all right in the toilet. I mean, the whole thing is in the toilet. The So the Babylonians, let's come back to history. Uh, the Babylonians have come in. They have completely trashed the place. They've carried off the... Um, top layers of society they take them into exile nobody ever takes everybody in exile no conquering uh, force ever tries to cart off a whole bunch of people you take the the strong the
0: powerful and the
1: rich the movers and the shakers that's what you want that's right and you take the wealth so you take the wealth away so that's one of the reasons why they plundered the temple because it's where a lot of the wealth was you take the, the wealthy, the landowners, you take the, uh, the royalty, you take the aristocracy, you take the bureaucrats, because the bureaucrats are like, you know, you're Professor Ben, you know perfectly well, because I used to be a teacher as well. The people, you still are, Gene. I, I, well, okay, but, but in, 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 in your setting, I used to be in, in your setting, uh, you know that the departmental secretaries are the ones who have the institutional memory. And they're the ones who know how to get stuff done. They know where to find things. Okay, they're the bureaucrats.
0: Yes, secretaries and janitors. And
1: janitors, that's right. You want both of them on your side, exactly. Um, So the bureaucrats get carted away as well. The folks who are left, what in Greek would be called hoi poloi, you know, the the people, the ordinary people. Um, In Hebrew, those are the amha'arets. Those are the people of the land. Um, By this time, even if they had been kind of um, reasonably comfortable in their, in their uh, agricultural setting, by this time, they're impoverished. And, and as you know, poverty makes you powerless. So these are the people who cannot rise up in revolt, and they're the ones who are left behind. Now, the, another reason they're left behind is they're going to be forced to pay tribute to their, the conquering the uh, Babylonians. The Babylonians, the power. Um, and somebody's got to work those fields. The Babylonians aren't going to do it. So you leave the people there, and instead of um, them getting, you know, be able, being able to reconstruct their society, you drain off just enough tribute so that you're um, making your, your, you're keeping your own imperial forces moving and operating and at the same time you're keeping them just weak enough basically you're turning them into subsistence farmers so that they can survive and continue to provide you with tribute but they can't rise up against you. I mean, it's a it's a it's a tricky balance, but all imperialists have learned how to do it,
0: right? And so, is, but like even from their perspective, they're they're uh, sorry, the Babylonians, the idea, the, uh, the holy okay, the, the ordinary hoi-poi. people, the
1: Amhaarats, mm-hmm. it means the people of the land, people mm-hmm. of the land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Are they though more like uh, like do they not know? what they're capable of in a way. In, in, in other words, like, you know, like the line from the, the, the who song, uh, we don't get fooled again, you know, old boss, same as the new boss, you know, is, are they just like, eh, if it wasn't these guys, I'd be, you know, having to give my money. If, if it wasn't the Babylonians, it would be these other guys.
1: Israel is, uh, and I'm talking about both kingdoms now, they have mm-hmm. unified Israel Israel throughout its history is going to experience that sensation of kind of being kicked around again and again and again. If it's not the Egyptians, if it's not the Hittites, if it's not the Philistines, if it's not the Canaanites, if it's not the Arameans, if it's not the Assyrians, if it's not the Babylonians, if it's not the Persians, if it's not the Greeks, if it's not the Romans, now we're in the New Testament with Jesus. It's, you know, somebody. And the reason is very simple, Ben. I mean, it's, you know, if you just look at the geography, that tells the tale look at where israel is what we call israel today uh syria-palestine geographical terms Um, it is a little sliver of land between the mediterranean in the west and um, mountainous um, hill country the judean hill country in jerusalem and then you've got a steep ravine that runs down to the Dead Sea, through the the Jordan uh, River Rift. And then you got a whole lot of desert. And nobody does anything in the desert. So if you wanna get either up to Anatolia, modern day Turkey, and then keep moving west and north, you're gonna get into Europe. Or if you wanna get down to the ancient uh, civilization of Egypt and what's below there, Africa, from the Middle East, Mesopotamia, you've got to go, what we call through the the the, this, the, the uh, Fertile Crescent. You have to go over that desert and then come down this little land bridge between the Mediterranean and the Jordan River Rift, and that's where Israel is. So everybody who wanted to control that region fought over that area, and the Israelites were getting it again and again and again. They were constantly being picked on. Constantly being picked on.
0: Okay. Like, no, that's uh, that's I, lament- I found that fascinating that's actually. Lamentations. Like, yeah, I mean <laughs> sorry, a little bit of a rabbit hole there, but Yeah, it's like, sorry about that. No, it's fine. Like but the historical context I think is really important here because it does it does kind of set the the mindset of the Israelites where if they're if like the people in power keep on changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does it say to what What consistent messages and what consistent cultural threads would actually go through a long society? And that's what a lot
1: of... And that's where you get yeah. into, if everything is constantly changing and you're constantly getting a new boss, what's the one, who is the one boss who doesn't change? It's God. And that's the reason that faith becomes so... Uh, important for the Israelites,
0: right, and that almost leads us to the uh, the that leads to the Habakkuk uh, you know uh, chapter one, one through four, chapter two, one through four, and this is the the I will stand at my watch post, you know, station myself on the rampart, I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint,
1: what he will say to me, yep. he being God
0: right um so like and that and that's that like reaffirmation of who actually is in charge and like who you're actually listening to because you know whoever you're paying your taxes to you know it's it you know it's like whatever your political affiliation is you know you know you, you hear it all it's like well they are the president
1: yeah well you know and and I but just you're had still to, paying whatever right. you know, I had to, I had this conversation not long ago with somebody uh, I can't remember exactly who I was with now but one of the things that I think that's happening in our society in the United States right now is we're becoming more secular is that as... You're welcome. You're, <laughs> as religion recedes from uh, an active in, or an, a, being an active part of more and more people's lives, as you well know, nature abhors a vacuum. And something else is going to come into that space. And what's come into it in the last, I'd say probably 20, 25 years, is politics. And one of the reasons that we're seeing people screaming at each other,
0: I, I would I would term it tribalism, more so,
1: uh, well, political I, I,
0: tribalism. Because I think the politics, I think is, um, just if we're going for like a precise definition, because like politics is it has been a pretty consistent thing, and it's always been you know it's, it's always, always been, been a uh, little yeah, bit a uh, bit a little testy. I
1: wouldn't I wouldn't argue with you that politics has always been there, but I think um, the weight. That has been put on politics recently. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, we have turned everything to screech volume, and that's what we're seeing played out right now. And I and I I I, I raise this because one of the things that I say to my congregation fairly regularly is to try to remind them that. Administrations come, administrations go. Congresses come, Congresses go. Supreme Courts come, Supreme Courts go. All of that flux that you and I think of as history, behind that, we Christians, we believers, are supposed to have attached ourselves to something that stands behind that or above it, if you want, whatever special term you want to use, that we call God.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was something That's that the
1: constant there.
0: When I was growing up and still going to church, and you know, we'd get these like priests coming in every once in a while, mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. you know, I'd be like, "Oh, I really like that that guy. Why did he leave?" kind exactly. of thing. And and it, it's exactly what you're talking about, where the importance right. of what the priest is doing has nothing to do with the man; it has everything to do with the message and the message of God. And it's and, and I think you're absolutely right. I think what what has happened especially after the after 2016 and you saw it um, and you saw it with the liberals especially with the Bernie Bros and you're seeing it with Trumpism right now where the actual ideology doesn't make a difference and you're really seeing that in the Democratic primary right now because all the Bernie Bros I mean, like they all hate Elizabeth Warren, yeah. even though her policies are almost identical to her policy proposals are almost identical to Bernie's. Yeah. So it's not about the ideas; it's about the individual who is saying the ideas. the The cult of personality, yeah. Uh, so to
1: say, and that's another piece of it too. You use the word tribalism. That's a piece yeah. of it. This cult, the personality cults that are arising, is another piece of it. Um, and you know, for for believers. Uh, for, you know, I speak from a Christian perspective because that's simply what I know best. Um, I have to say to my fellow believers, you got to step back from this um, and not put your your trust in these these human leaders over the long haul. Oh now, yeah, like that's, know, I mean, we got to elect a president. Yes, we do. I mean, yes, we got to get stuff done. We got to get budgets passed. We got You know, we got to do all the stuff with government. Absolutely. But remember, keep it in perspective. I guess that's what I'm saying, Ben. It's a, it's a question of perspective. And it seems to me that one of the problems that we're struggling with right now is a loss of perspective. And one of the reasons that I took this back a little further than 2016, let me, let me point you to another example where right. I think our society has, is, is, shows evidence of having lost perspective. Do you ever read the comment sections? online.
0: Oh, that's I that's I do not break the first commandment of the internet. That is the Do not
1: the, read comments. Do not read the comments. Right? Yeah, Why? that is kind of
0: like well, it's because you you will see just the it just imagine like if you just let your id take over and there'd be zero Id, ac- right exactly you just let your you just let your uh Id, your Id, reptile Id, brain yeah you let your reptile brain just kind of take over <laughs> right. and have zero, zero account about accountability for and it and zero
1: filter yes right say any damn cruel stupid thing you want and put it in the comment section because n- you're never going to be held accountable for it because you're using some ridiculous name that you think nobody can tra- tra- trace and you can get away with it and and we're seeing I think the internet <laughs> uh, the the one of the shadow sides and I think there are many shadow sides and I'm happy to say sadly <laughs> that there is increasing data to support uh, some of my darker views of the internet about isolation and uh, 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 mental health problems mm-hmm. uh, that come from uh, Re- like uh, reinforcing uh, certain uh, mindsets yeah. yes and th- and how uh, what a destructive Effect, mm-hmm. deleterious effect. This has have especially on younger people. Um, but uh, the 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 internet, among other things, especially in the comment section, allows the worst of us. Uh, it almost gives us permission to um, to operate from our uh, lowest positions, from our from our basest uh, positions. So that I think that, you know, what some people have blamed on uh, President Trump, I don't think is quite fair. Uh, I think that the uh, process of people behaving badly, of people shooting off their mouths, of people um, uh, bullying and, and uh, not not sticking to the facts and all the other kind of stuff, I think that that was out there well before twenty sixteen. Oh, it, it,
0: it definitely was, and it, it was very, very much in the place of like these internet message boards mm. that were very much. Uh, unregulated. So mm-hmm. this actually ties back to the Habakkuk mm-hmm. in the uh, verse four mm-hmm. of the first chapter. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. Exactly. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. Absolutely. So it's easy to look at some like uh, you recently in the news. You hear about like 4chan and 8chan, which is a completely unregulated ideas market. Uh, so, of course, it just spirals into the worst recesses of... Of, the, of especially the young male psyche. And instead of it being regulated or somebody being like a watchdog, he's being like, okay, maybe you shouldn't be making that joke. Hey, you know what that looks like, you know, and this is legit, hey, that looks like child pornography. Like these are all like things that, you know, you should, like if you ever wonder why a photo doesn't show up on your Facebook feed, you know, it's because there's like an algorithm that's there to help censor and moderate mm-hmm. a little bit. Now, unfortunately, there are ways around that, mm-hmm. which is what one of the issues with the Russian meddling in yeah. Uh, yeah. 2016. Yeah. But it's but it's still um, but they still make efforts to have some set of rules for usage.
1: And finally, Ben, um, from from a believer's perspective, um, there is a limit to how much you can regulate you know or who's going to let's take the, let's come at the problem from another perspective you know who's going to uh, watch the watchdogs you know who's going to take care yeah. of the guard dogs you know yeah, the, y- yeah you yeah. know what i'm you know what i'm talking about you know and again it's not unrelated to the back uh, passage in verse 4 um, where justice never prevails i mean when when corruption comes into your system when your system becomes corrupt mm-hmm. You got a serious problem, you know, in computer science. You know, what is what is it? Is it GIGO is that what it's called? Garbage in, garbage out. Uh, yeah, it, basically, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's the it's line the, about
0: coding. Yeah, it's essentially that um, you can try to blame problems on the code, but you have to remember that a human wrote the code.
1: Exactly, and humans write laws. Humans yep. establish policies. Humans build internet. Humans build chat rooms. Mm-hmm. Humans build you know all that kind of stuff. And
0: yeah, and this really builds into also the idea of the the balance between uh, like slack or actually more so like law and uh and freedom too. Yes. Be- because like this is one of those age old debates where you can either regulate everything to a point uh, you where can try to regulate right. It. This is like this right. is the old uh, communist socialist yes, exactly uh, argument right. like, against Th- these, it.
1: these totalitarian regimes. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And right. and I think it's it ties into a lot of what Amos was talking about because it ties into the corruption. It ties into exactly. uh, uh, the, the 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 lack of individual agency of of, of an individual. That's right. So uh, and, and but then if it goes too far one direction, which apparently according to a lot of these prophets, it tends to go too far on the side of Uh, non-regulation so that corruption uh, on that end of the spectrum, you know, and uh, like the cronyism and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 you know, isolating the rich and Mm -hmm. not incentivizing the rich to actually do anything because, you know, if they're, if they're, they're great in their own little pod over here, who cares what the hoi ploi are are doing. Right. So uh, it, it, so like, and, and that's where and that and that's what has led to this ruin that's what has led to all these like like all of this you know you know not 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 to just go back to the infant cannibalism but like it that's what leads to this destitution.
1: It, it, it's really, really bad. You know, how bad can things get? And that's one of the things that we see reflected in the Book of Lamentations. Mm-hmm. You know, it can get awful. It can get really, really awful. And we've got plenty of examples of this. I mean, you know, one of the sad things, one of the saddest things about history is that we seem not to learn very much from it. No. You know, we just seem to keep doing these these things over and over again. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you know, you and I are living in the the century after, you know, the, the most destructive century in human history mm-hmm. and if you look at what was happening prior to that century if you look at what was going on in the say from the 17th 18th and through the 17th 18th 19th century it looked like humans were making this wild progress that all kinds of you know the, the scientific revolution and the industrial revolution where you know people forget how hard the world was uh, when everything was muscle powered whether it was an animal's muscles or whether it was a human's muscles. But before the industrial revolution, life was tough, you know, getting just getting basic needs met, you know, there was food or shelter or, you know, shoes. Um, And mechanization really brought a lot of good stuff to a lot of people. I mean, the price of goods plummeted because, you know, a machine could make a bunch of shoes and you didn't have a cobbler having to do it. So, um, we we had this and then you get in the nineteenth century and you've got these wild discoveries about astronomy and geology and you know, all kinds of stuff. And then look what happens in nineteen fourteen. I mean, it's just wild that all of that civilization and all of that culture could blow itself up so effectively and if if that wasn't bad enough the great war wasn't bad enough the war to end all wars wasn't bad enough how many years went by before we did it again and did it even worse
0: see and this brings us back to what you said earlier and i think i'm going to come i'm coming around to your point of view on this but Uh not not in the way you not the way you think (laughs) it's going to be okay all right (laughs) uh and it's it's your your point about politics being uh like the new religion filling in the vacuum. it's filling in the vacuum because what I because what's because if you really look at the the history uh, starting in the about around 1914 is all of that conflict is about politics. It's about territory. It's about ideologies being strong. You know, especially when you start moving into like the World War II and you know and you know the United States uh, war on communism because we all know war against war words is always very successful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but. I, and I, you, you might be onto on something because there might be like politics even then filled the emptiness that was left after the Industrial Revolution because now suddenly people aren't having to spend three straight weeks plowing a field to grow enough corn, uh, barely enough to sell to you know or or whatever. Um, so that that the the politics void. And now. And now, what we're seeing in the politics void—sometimes I like that actually—the politics void. Hmm. You know, it's a little more. Uh, it's not the one you scream into when you mm-hmm. get really frustrated about politics, mm-hmm. but rather the. Uh, sorry, there's that Nietzsche reference a little bit there too, mm-hmm. um, but uh, that's, uh, But the, the 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 politics is what's kind of filling a lot of this emptiness right now, and now it, because of communication, it can come so fast. And it can come in such little sound bits. I, I honestly think like the worst thing for human development in the last 15 years was Twitter. As much fun as I have on there, it it is a truly de-evolving uh, consequence.
1: Twitter is a good example of, uh, the, in my view, the abuse of technology. Twitter was never intended to be used for political conversation. No. And... To force it into that role is to abuse it, in my view.
0: Well, any conversation, really. Like, uh, and like, I would like, agree with like, that. Like, so. I, I, I can okay. read. You know, you can sit and like read. You know, people. You know, talking about Bible verses or sure. like whatever interests you. Sports, anything. Right. It's not a debate platform. And,
1: and in some ways, we're we're kind of this is this is linked. We can link this back to our earlier comments about the comment section because comments often function Twitter like. Um, they tend to be a kind of hit and run um, scene, and people do not, in general, write out lengthy, thoughtful, nuanced, uh, uh, multifaceted, sophisticated comments. They tend to be, they tend to be blasts. Um, and so, in that sense, they function very much like Twitter. I mean, you might as well have a what is it? One hundred forty-four characters? Uh, it's up to like two hundred and fifty now. Oh, okay, all right. Well, say so yeah, I don't they I double do it Twitter, up because okay. they wanted to. Do a, yeah, know. well, two hundred and fifty characters still isn't much. That's still you know, that's what, a lot what, of new what, what, that's what? a lot
0: of new insults I had to learn. So no, <laughs> exactly. Just, right. Anyway, right. So <coughs> sorry. Excuse me. So. so anyway, so so kind of back to this, uh, and like, and it's almost like we 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 then have to learn how to kind of turn out of the skid. In yeah, a way, yeah. Um, you know, that like, how do you break the cycle? And of course, right. uh, you know, if you jump to, uh, just very briefly touched on the Second Timothy passage. It's it's the faith. It is the, the faith the that faith. He's inherited. Yep. Yeah. yep. Uh, the, the faith is the way to turn out of that skid. And and you know, and, and for any atheist listeners out there, it's not necessarily faith. You know, in the, in the biblical context, is faith in God, but in a, in a different type of interpretation, it can be a faith in a in like an axiom or like in a you in know in, 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 in it it could be a faith in star trek you know the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few it can be anything it's just it's a faith in a concept
1: well look at look at the way paul phrases it uh in second timothy okay. where, he, where he talks about where does timothy get or where has timothy uh uh from from whence uh, whence has timothy received his faith um, and he, From his forebears. From his forebears. And look which ones are mentioned in verse 5. The women. His grandmother and his mother. Um, now think about what your grandmother and mother taught you. And how much of that, how often did they say to you, sit down and think real hard thoughts about God? They probably rarely said that, if ever. Um, and when we talk about faith, we're talking about something much broader than just thinking hard thoughts about God. In fact, when we talk about faith, as the Bible uses faith, we're not talking about thinking at all. We're talking about trusting. That's, what, that's the way the Bible uses the word faith. It means to trust in. When you say you believe in something, when you say you believe in God, you're not saying, I think God exists. What you're saying is, I trust in God. Um, and um, so uh, faith, on the one hand, in this passage, because it does talk about Paul does talk about God here. Um, on the one hand, it is deep, it is high, it is sophisticated. I mean God's the biggest thought that human beings have ever come up with, the biggest concept we've ever come up with. But on the other hand, the way Paul couches it by talking about Timothy's by citing, or referencing Timothy's grandmother and mother, he brings it from the biggest, most um, cosmic to the most ordinary and the most intimate. And that's the kind of faith that you're got to have if it's going to be genuine. You know, one of the mistakes that a lot of people make about faith is that they think it's the Sunday morning thing. You know, let's all... Let's all go to church and get real faithful, <laughs> and that's not the way faith works. Um, first of all, faith—if you go to church—faith is the thing that got you through the door in the first place.
0: Maybe. Um, go ahead. Maybe, like, because I know when back before, like, I, uh, like, I, I kind of decided on, like, the the atheism Mm -hmm. as the label, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, there, you know, I I sometimes thought about, uh, like, so when I was, uh, when I first started teaching, I was teaching in a small town, and, you know, I was the only, you know, it was quite a bit further south than I was used to being, and so it was very lonely, you Mm -hmm. know, for some city boy to be out in the country. Mm -hmm. And I had, I I remember I had seriously thought. went to church? And I, my mother suggested so that I could meet people. Exactly. And... And And I had thought about it, like yeah. and, and I'm like, okay, that's it's a really good idea, but then I thought about it, and then I just felt dirty.
1: Like I'd be a real big hypocrite if
0: I knew right. Like I'd be like, okay, I don't really believe a lot of this. I'm not really gonna go for like any kind of spiritual reason. I'm gonna go to like pick up chicks. It's like <laughs> th- th- that was just it, it just didn't I, 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 it did that didn't sit well. That was not very because uh, it wasn't honest.
1: Well, let's. In a way, I wonder if you can. I wonder if you can pick through. <laughs> I wonder if you could pick through all of that morass of emotions and feelings and memories, and find the stuff that would be good and would be true. Let's suppose you did go to church and you did meet some young woman, um, who was kind and thoughtful mm-hmm. and uh, loving, and and let's suppose that she brought out the best in you.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and and, and what lesson. I learned later, and as I heard, because I I, I go to church with my wife, my mm-hmm. wife works for a church, mm-hmm. and I go and I talk to people, and I, there's people I really like there, mm-hmm. and you know I I don't really engage in very like intellectual conversations; mm-hmm. it's all very surface level for the most part. Um, but as I found out much later, is uh, especially the people in charge, like the priests or the ministers or the or the pastors, they don't care.
1: Uh, about what about, the they don't care the, that, the, that the, they the, don't
0: care what gets you in the door.
1: Oh, by and large, that's right because yeah, it, most ministers, if they're if they're honest, you you have to accept that it's the Holy Spirit that does that, and you you have no control over that. You have no control over how the Spirit is going to move people, and most of us are sense sensible enough to know that folks are there for a variety of reasons. Some people are there for the music. Well, what's wrong with that? Nothing. Absolutely correct. Um, some people are there because um, they they couldn't explain it to you, but that just feels like where they're supposed to be on Sunday morning. Other people are there because life has really kicked them around right now, and nothing feels secure. Nothing feels like they can count on it. Um, the slats have been kicked out, and they need something. And so where do they turn? They turn to a church.
0: Oh, and that's very similar to the Israelites historically. You know that that is the consistent, despite you know the boss always changes, but the one consistent thing. And 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 I could, and I totally understand that. And with, especially with uh, with atheist communities and more secular communities, that type of consistency is incredibly difficult to do without re- without a religious center.
1: Without something, you know, right. and, and you can try it with the Kiwanis, You can try it with your bridge club or your bowling club or your softball league or your online friends or your chat room mm-hmm. or your, you know, your organic yeah, uh, fellow I, gardeners. And what stuff I've like seen that. most.
0: What I've seen mostly is is usually a, uh, a a collectivism around scientific reasoning is really what it kind of or like you know scientific, uh, the scientific method and or you know I hate it when people use the word logic, mm-hmm. but you know you know. Like I, because because what they mean is clear thinking, and mm-hmm. that's not the exact same thing as logic. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, it's, it's, no, it's, that's my academic, you know, <laughs> need to like quibble about semantics. About terms, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. get the terms right, right. So I, um, I got to cut it off sometimes, though. But yeah,
1: but the, but the thing about religion, and you know, maybe we'll sort of head into our our wrap up here. But the thing about religion is that it. It is broad enough. The, the religions that have persisted, we're talking about the big ones, You know, we're talking about Judaism, we're talking about Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, Islam, and so forth. Um, those are all broad enough to take in pretty much all the stuff that's going to happen to you in life. And if it's not going to give you answers, it's at least going to give you a way to frame your questions that minimizes the risk of further harm. Hmm. that's one of the great contributions of religion. And I'm going to be teaching a course on Job uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks. How apropos G- uh, How apropos! <laughs> exactly. conversation. And, and what I'm going to say to my folks, I hope none of them are going to listen to this podcast before the Bible study, is that the book of Job doesn't answer the question about suffering. All the book of Job does, and this is quite a lot, I probably shouldn't say all, What the book of Job does is it reframes the question. When you scream into the universe, why is this happening to me, you are not going to get an answer. Uh, What you can get from God is a reframing of the question that will give you some kind of peace. And that's what all of us need when we're suffering.
0: Yeah, and that's the exact opposite. Peace. That's the exact opposite of academia, too, because when you have to reframe a question, it's then going to turn into three more questions that piss you off.
1: Well, and if uh, you yeah. look at the book of Job, and this is one of the reasons why people don't read the book of Job, is that the book does exactly that, because if you've looked at it, you'll see that Job and his friends— I want this is not about Job, so I don't want to spend too much time on this— but Job and his friends, they don't just have one little exchange. Job says this, Eliphaz or Bildad, or I can't remember the third one right now, uh, so far, that they say this and then it's done. They do it again and then they do it again. They keep coming at this problem from several different angles, um, which is why we think it comes from the academy, why we think it comes from the wisdom tradition hmm. in ancient Israel. So anyway, that's about the book of Job, but yeah. you want to, you want to go into Luke? Yeah. We, let's briefly touch on this because yeah. this
0: really just, uh, is kind of just an extension on the idea of, uh, you know, like the, 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 almost like the purpose of faith where, you know, they think that, or like the, it seems like the, the apostles as such eager young students have a bad assumption about or or they think they understand, yeah. but they but they are really missing the, the like they're they're thinking probably with their full brains, but they're not thinking galaxy brain, hmm. which is a, sorry that's an mm-hmm. internet meme thing right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Um, where you know Jesus is of course always you know thinking galaxy, galaxy brain, brain because it's not you know, but like it, even though they might be well meaning like oh you know teacher, um, how do we increase our faith, which is what they ask, you know or no no sorry, not how but in like, like they say increase our faith
1: they ask him to do they it. they ask him to do it exactly
0: and his response is uh no right <laughs> that's not my job
1: correct it's really your job
0: and, and you would not expect you know people who serve you to suddenly like not just do as they're told
1: yeah, I mean, it, this is a funny passage. Um, it, it's, it's a little it, bit of sassy Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's paralleled in Matthew. Uh, we can find a similar version of it in Matthew. Um, it, the hard part, of course, is the, the sixth verse um, where Jesus says, if you had faith the, side of a, the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, in Matthew it says mountain, but here it's a mulberry tree, uproot yourself and uh, go plant yourself in the sea, and it would happen. And uh, you and I were talking earlier that I said I would love to, you know, with all the faith healers I've seen and all the snake handlers I've seen and stuff like that, I've never seen anybody doing mulberry trees. I mean, this is one Mm -hmm. of the tests of faith that you never see anybody putting on television.
0: Well, unfortunately, uh, the Ents out of the Two Towers by J.R.R. Tolkien uh, were not part of the moving trees. Okay. Sorry, that's (laughs) an obscure obscure reference on that. Not that obscure, but, you know.
1: But the, and then Jesus goes on and he talks about these servants, you know, which of you would, you know, if your servant came in from the field would say, oh, okay, you know, sit down, eat your supper and all that kind of stuff. You'd say, no, do your job, you know, uh, get your job done. And what Jesus is saying here, I think, um, is it's not so much a question of uh, the amount of faith, it's the kind of faith. And what the disciples don't understand is that the kind of faith that Jesus is, um, Asking of them if they really want to be his followers is a kind of radical faith a world-changing faith um, That they don't have You know they they are kind of doing the job. They're being nice people. They're trying to be good Um, You know Jesus and his disciples were all Jews, but they're kind
0: of but they're kind of stopping at just doing not bad
1: yeah, very good point. That's exactly right. You know, basically, let's sort of try to toe the line. You know, that we got the law from Moses and so forth. Um, so let's be good. You know, I hear it all the time. You know, I'm a good person. Isn't that enough? Well, de- it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to sort of get along and keep the world as it is, maybe improve it a little. That is, put a little icing on the cake. Then being a good person is is okay. Yeah, it's but if like, you want to change yeah. the world, yeah, it's it's
0: like you know, yeah, you 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 don't have any. Uh, you know, driving, you know, any uh, speeding tickets. But when was the last time you volunteered your time uh, for an organization? When right. was the last time you, you know, it, at the very least, when was the last time you voluntarily gave money to an organization that needed it not just, you know, tacking on a dollar at CVS?
1: Right, right, right. I mean, let's let's, you know, I mean, when we think about world-changing personalities, you can't think of us, all of us, the great unwashed, You've got to think someone like uh, a Mother Teresa, you've got to think of someone like a Gandhi, you've got to think of Jesus, you've got to think of Paul, you've got to think of people like that, the prophets that we've been talking about. And you have to look at the kind of lives that they lived, which which were really out of step with their contemporaries, no matter what age they lived in. They were out of step with their contemporaries.
0: Oh, this is the this is the renegades of funk, as uh, Africa Bombata would call them. Okay. you know the renegades were the people with their own philosophies. Everyday people like you and me change the course of history. Sorry, that was the those are the hip hop lyrics. But okay. yeah, <laughs> you know and they they so it's like uh, was it it was like uh, Tom Payne, Sitting Pool, Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Okay, like, all you of know, these people. Look, 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 you know, at, look at King. You know yeah. there's 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 renegades example. of their time and age. Right,
1: exactly. Um. And that's really kind of what you have to do, and that's the the world changing faith. And in this whole image of you know, you can say the mulberry tree. What he's saying is, if you really want to live in a different kind of world, you have to live differently. You know, you know the the bumper sticker. You know, be the change you want to see.
0: Oh yeah, that's the the uh, the. I think it's misattributed to Gandhi, or maybe he even said, I don't know. Yeah. who
1: who knows? You know, I mean. But the point is. Um, people want the world to change. We're just like those disciples. We want the world to change, but we don't want to change. We want God to change it.
0: Right, and we we think that just by not doing bad, Bad. that's the same as doing good, and it's not even close. Right, I mean, not
1: doing bad, you know, earlier you and I were talking, I mean, if you think about, you know, a numerical scale, You've got positive uh, numbers, and you've got zero, and then you've got negative numbers. Not doing bad just gets you out of the negative numbers. It gets you up to zero. Mm-hmm. But that, didn't get you, that doesn't get you very far at all. You've got to do more than that uh, to get into positive numbers. And again, or if, let's use another image. Let's use the image of the cake. Um, I, because I, I talk to my prisoners about this all the time. If you want to change the world, you just can't keep changing the icing on the cake and leaving the cake alone. I mean, you still got the basic cake. I mean, the bulk of the thing is cake, so um, if you really want to change the world, you got to get below the ice. You just can't put some sweetness on it, and think that you've changed the world. Um, I mean, and that really does mean. And again, let's 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 tie this up by wrapping it back yeah. to Amos and wrapping it back to to Jeremiah. Yeah. That means that you're going to have to change the structures in such a way that you don't simply uh, wait for the next group of uh, a few wealthy people holding all the wealth and everybody else just struggling to get along. You're gonna to have to change that system. You can change the players all you want, but if the system stays the same, you're not going anywhere, you're just going around in circles. And that's what we don't seem to get.
0: Yeah and just following the rules and playing the game isn't really doing yeah. it and so like and this is where the, like that that question of the the, the, the faith kind of comes back yeah. a little bit so and it's not necessarily you can do things in in the name of God Mm-hmm. Uh, that are that are great things, but if that, they look that, a
1: whole lot like what the world is doing, then leave God out of it. Right. That. Just, that. that yeah. Know. That was a
0: line in a raisin in the sun. That was something that uh, I think it's actually uh, some comedians said that you know like good people will do good things, bad people will do bad things. Uh, and when you mix religion in, that's when it gets really complicated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't don't blame God. Uh, I mean, I had a a friend of mine who was a former bishop of um, uh, Anglican bishop of, of uh, Edinburgh. Scotland, and he wrote a book, whose title escapes me at the moment, but that was essentially uh, the gist of his book, was that religious people need to stop dragging God into things that don't need God's, uh, a sort of icing of God on top of them. Just do them, because moral people would do them, sensible people would do them. You and I were talking earlier about sensible people can read history you don't need to be a theist to learn some of the lessons from history no you know, you, you, yeah can, i mean you, you can just watch, be an
0: intelligent human being you know, watch a ken burns documentary yeah can, yeah, yeah, yeah i mean that's a start a, oh my goodness
1: yeah you know can we learn anything from this you know? oh yeah
0: and those are all the, those are all like critical questions and when i say critical i don't mean like very important i mean like critiquing mm-hmm. and you know self-reflection and all of those and mm-hmm. And, and those are, and unfortunately, and and that's one of the one of the reasons. Also, I wanted, I kind of wanted to start that podcast. I feel like those are things like when I talk to religious people, that are often very lacking. You know, that self reflection. Like, okay, that's what the verse says. Okay, so then, what does it actually mean to yeah. you outside of a piece of dogma that you can drop? Right. You know, uh, because. You know, it, it lines up with your political belief.
1: Right, and the church has always been trying to reform itself in such a way that it encourages people to do that, you know, to, to
0: It's gotten better, to, to like, own yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, no. and I think
1: we've gotten a little bit better in that, but it, again, um, you know, history doesn't move in a straight line. You know, it's 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 you know, it's like sailing. You gotta zig and you gotta zag. Um, I, I do think, uh, and I, I can come across as a bit of a pessimist, and maybe I am, but I don't think of myself that way. I do think that we have made some progress. I mean, slavery, we, don't, we simply don't accept slavery as a given anymore. For most of human history, slavery was a given, and people didn't question it. They just accepted it.
0: No, like early early parts of the Bible, it's like there's rules about slavery. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's just, but you know, it's, just, it's just a matter of whatever faith you bring to the table, whatever faith you bring to your community— it needs to be what's for the best of the community more so it needs to be what's for you know obviously you need there you need to do enough to make sure that you are healthy enough to contribute because this is like the you know make sure you're Your oxygen mask works, so you can help the child next to you. Because if you ain't breathing, you ain't helping anybody. Right. So like there, and that balance, and that ability to critique that balance, and use different types of you know heuristics, and you know different types of values, and talking to people, and knowing what perspectives are. Are, are valuable in, 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 a given setting, you know, like all of these big questions, like, and, and obviously the, the, I'm not going to have like any solid answer. Like you, you bring up like morality earlier and it's like, Oh, I guess the, we just had to have it add an hour to the podcast, <laughs> but we gotta, we gotta wrap it up here. And I think that's a good place to kind of finish up. So, uh, we're going to call it for the week. Uh, everybody hope, uh, things work out well for you. Uh, hopefully you're not lamenting too much. Uh, and Hopefully we'll all be a little bit nicer to each other in the coming week. Hope so. All right, Gene, you have a good one. You too, Ben. Take care. Take care.